Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everyone. It's that time of the week. It is that time of the week. Hope you're having a wonderful week. It may not be your week, your month, or even your year, but I'll be there for you. That was a monologue from Friends. That was really, really nice, (laughs) Rob. Thank you so much. (laughs) Still connected to musical theater. Yeah. Yes. Because they wrote which big musical? Uh, Personals. And and what other musical did they write? Marta Kaufman and David Crane. Yep. Uh, We're going to go to the good speed. Uh, it's going to be Greg Edelman and Carolee uh, uh, Carmella. Uh, 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 they were, it's where they met. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's based on the Dudley Moore movie from 1981. And I sang a song from it. Um, and it, it was, it's, oh gosh, it's, uh, Rob, help me. It's called Arthur. Arthur, that's right, of course. I Arthur. forgot that they wrote that as yes. well. I love that hey, score. Marta, David, you guys, you guys clearly have, don't have to worry about paying the bills. <laughs> Write us another musical. You don't like know their expenses. It's been three decades. Like, write another show. Come on. We're waiting. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a Friends parody. It doesn't have to no. be like a, an extension of Friends. Just like, write, us a, write a show. Write a, come on. And yeah. they, what are you doing? Wait, come on. Guys, what are you <laughs> I'm doing? I'm sure they're like producing television still. No, no, no. She's me. doing, isn't she doing Grace and Frankie? Oh, that's right. Of course she is. She's doing Grace and Frankie. I don't know what he's doing. I'm so bad. That's okay. I'm, I'm sure they're doing something incredible. I know. And I'm sure like spending a year or two writing a musical isn't exactly like the top of things to do once you've like been in the television world, but still. But you know, guys, if you want a nice break, come back home. Come to us. Come back home. Come back home. <laughs> You'll always find a home. When I think of home, I think of a place mm, speaking with of- love overflowing. That's the only song, lyric I know from home. That's wonderful. So I have a Tony Awards playlist that um, it, what it is is it's a song from every show that has won Best Musical uh-huh. since 1947 47. Yep. till now. Okay. Um, and all of them, I'm very strict that it has to be the original cast recording. Oh, obviously. So Except, you, yeah. It's not like a revival of like Guys yes, and exactly. Or the London. Or, yes, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. But the one thing that's killing me, folks, is Apple Music does not have for purchase the Wiz original cast recording. And I don't want... Oh. I love and you that. can't listen to Where's Charlie because there is no original cast recording. No. So and I, that. And I, and I the love, Wiz. And I love Diana Ross. But, but I we don't, don't need the soundtrack, you know. So I was able to find Stephanie Mills singing 
home from an album she did like in the mid 80s. It is That doesn't count so, though, Rob. That doesn't count. It's, it's on Cheating. there, but it's so yeah. synthesized. Oh, really? Yeah. And she like starts well, off it was with the, the monologue. 80s. It's like, and she goes, when I think of home. No, no. And I'm like, it's a monologue. She's monologuing it. Yes, monologue. Uh, one of my favorite Stephanie Mills-isms is um, if you know the cast album to Children of Eden, and she's like, the spark of creation. <gasps> Big old breath take, in that, that one. Breath. Whenever I coach that song, I'm always like, nope, you cannot take a breath in there. I don't care what she did. But man, I love that she did take that breath confidently. She is she is strong. She is making bold choices. Uh, amen to that. I love that. Exactly. I love that. What's going on? How you doing? God, I feel like I just bumped into you. Hey. <laughs> What's going on? What's fancy being you in this podcast once hey, a week. Hey, fancy meeting you here. <laughs> Name the show. Hey. Or, sorry. Hi. Fancy meeting you here. Oh, it's just Angela Weber. No. No. Aaron's in Flaherty. Tony, Tony. Oh, the Lucky Stiff. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I could have given you an da, easy da, one da, from Lucky's. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I, I was hearing um, some other 1980s aspects of love thing. Oh, do that again. Oh no, the kid, no, it's, it's Miss Saigon. You know, my favorite thing on Twitter is when people. There's a couple like John Miscavige and a couple other people. They will. They do that thing where it's, they'll uh, they'll take they'll quote a tweet and then they'll they'll do a very specific musical theater reference. But I will. It'll be it'll be like what Chris said right before Ellen left the room. You know, and it'll yeah. be some really funny video, a gif or something. I. I love people that make those jokes on Twitter. I know this was a very generic thing to, with no context right now, but but it really makes me happy. Specific theater jokes for specific people. It's like that title of show. I, I'd rather be nine people's most favorite thing than 90 whatever the rest of it is, than 10 people's least I favorite I love when thing. a quote can stay with you like Don't that. Don't you like when I just said three different things and didn't give, did not say no, any I, of them correctly? I, I screw up it all the time, too. I would rather be nine people's, people's favorite, favorite thing, thing than a hundred people's, people's ninth, ninth favorite, favorite thing. thing. <laughs> I felt like we were doing an improv exercise just that's now. A, that's a yes end. <laughs> it's a yes end for the folks. But I learned an improv. Oh, thank you, Rob. By Mike Nichols. Oh, man. We had I'd an, take that class. I would take a Mike Nichols A Mike class. Nichols improv class? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? I what was it Mike that Nichols. was mentioning him? That Peter was, Gallagher. Uh, yeah. Peter Gallagher was talking about Mike talking Nichols. Talking about how special he was and that what his advice was take an improv class because it'll help you in life. Yeah. Because what is, yeah, when he was younger and he was directing something and he was directing, he was doing Virginia Woolf. Yeah. And he was this young movie. kid and then his yes ending was the best way to, best way to get through I it. I can't imagine being a first time director and you're directing a movie of the biggest play to come off of Broadway with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. I would, I would be like, what? how the hell does this work? And how'd you get that job? Amazing. Good for him. I know. Good for him. Worked out pretty well for him. I love that movie. Anyone who says Elizabeth Taylor was not an actor, get the fuck out. Don't sit next to me. And people that we've interviewed that worked with her, I believe, she was an espoused that as well, that said, yeah, no, no, she was, she say what you will, but she really took it seriously. And she, she was one was, of those actresses, I think, that people were so obsessed with her beauty that that unfortunately took priority over her abilities, but she was a very able actress, and I thought she was brilliant in Who's Afraid yes. of Virginia Woolf. Yes. Her best performance, though, is as Wilma Flintstone's mother in the Flintstones movie. Did she really play oh, that? Oh, yeah. She's, she's um, Mrs. Flintstone. The, like the one Wilma's that like, mom. Rosie O'Donnell was in? Yeah, and... with John Goodman. Oh, yep. my goodness. She showed up as, as Fred Flintstone's mom. Boy, good job. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. <laughs> wow. She also showed up on The Nanny. 
my friend, my friend was on the nanny and said like that she was the nicest human being mm. on the face of the earth. And like the day before she got to set, they sat the entire cast down and said, um, Elizabeth Taylor, you cannot talk to her. You cannot look her in the eye. And you cannot, like, they gave them, like, a whole, like, speech about, like, what they could do and what they couldn't do. Oh. And then finally she was on set the next day, and she was like, why is nobody looking at me? She was talking to the guy. She goes, why is nobody looking at me? Why is no one talking to me? And, she, and the kid was like, she goes, well, they told us to say that. She goes, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And apparently she was a, a hoot and a half to have on the I set. I love that. You know, it's funny because I was doing a, a, a little regional production of Titanic at a small, uh, the theater in Virginia Beach. Uh, we were in the rehearsal hall, and uh, this is 10 years ago, and we were told the same thing because uh, Bill Cosby was going to come and do his comedy act, but I have a feeling that they were telling us not to look him in the eye and, and engage with him for a very other set of reasons. I'm not even kidding you. They, did, they said, if you see him in the hallway, do not look at him, do not engage with him, do not talk to him. They didn't say especially the women, but I think we all knew who they were talking to. I did not know that. I honestly... They really did. They said, do not do not engage with him in the hallway. Do not Jesus. interact with him. And they didn't say because he's mean. They just said, just don't Mary do not Stout interact with him. Mary Stout told us he was mean, remember? She, Mary Stout told us that story when she did a TV show of his. That's right. Remember, he was a total asshole to her. Oh. I thought you were going to say... How can you be an asshole to Mary Stout? She makes salsa. She literally gave us jars of she gave us jars salsa, of salsa and tomato and then, sauce, and then told us about when she stuck her breasts out the window and yelled "tits for Tito." <laughs> I can't believe you remember this She's, stuff so well, Rob. Because the, the tits for Tito story, I was God. like, "That's a great story." I'm so but impressed Bill, you remember that. I thought you were going to tell me that Bill Cosby was in Titanic with you. No, no, he was. It was one of those theaters in Virginia Beach that was sort of like their their city the theater, the Sandler Center. That's what it's called. And we were doing. We were the. You know, we had a three week three week run, and he had like one night, and then we were in the rehearsal hall, and we didn't start for the next week. And so, no, like, can you imagine if he was in Titanic like with us? Who was he going to be? Pops presents <laughs> Titanic. And the ship's going down. I'm going to go the globe, 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 globe. I cannot believe you just did a Bill Cosby. <laughs> The, the line, Mr. Cosby, is the ship is sinking. That's not a really good Bill Cosby. No, no. I, I wish, listeners, that you could have seen him. the vaudeville show that Rob just put on right now. I did good. I rolled my eyes up like oh, he does. I put my a little gosh. pudding pop in my hand. And well done. So he's, uh, I think we've talked about Bill Cosby enough on this episode. I, th- I think we're fine. And yep. Make sure to go check out his show, Fortune and Men's Eyes, which is now playing at the Pittsburgh Correctional <laughs> Facility. Starring, very good. Very, very good. Bill Cosby. Very good. Directed by Mary Stout. Oh, man. <laughs> to, to, to seek her revenge. Who's in charge now? <laughs> oh, God. So what happens now? Mm. So what happens now? Uh, my favorite things. Oh, that's what happens now. I think so, my friend. I thought it was another suitcase in another hall. Mm. Angela and Weber, I, you know, I, in, in, when I was growing up, I used to play the piano and sing all the time. Every single day to get home from school. I'm, I'm sure it comes shocking to those of you who know me, but that's what I did for years and years and years when it, during high school. And boy, I had this two, two volume Angeloid Weber sheet music set. And I would, ju- I know Rob just pushed his glasses up no, on his I, nose. No, I actually no, no, had to push I'm my sure glasses was, up. No, I really was. But boy, nerd alert, because I, I live for that Angeloid Weber stuff, even, even by Jeeves, you know? Get out. No, I'm serious. You, 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 even Starlight Express? Half a moment we are together. I shall die. Oh my gosh, I loved his stuff. I use the past tense because I still like it, but we evolve a little bit. We discover Sondheim. You we discover Janine Tesori. Yep, Starlight Express, all of them. Oh boy, oh Rob. And I have to say, my favorite to this day Rusty is. Rusty or blonde. <laughs> 
I never got into Starlight Express like to memorize the score the way that I did for Song and Dance. Song and Dance it was a favorite thing like a year ago, but I loved that score. Oof. Demons got the power to pull us along. We'll see the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. Yes. That's Starlight Express. Which ran forever on the West End. It hey, did. listeners, do you have a favorite Angela Webber show? I'm just curious. I'm curious which era of Lloyd Webber, because like I grew up with Jesus Christ Superstar because my mother was obsessed with Ted Neely and the production, and we we was one of the first shows I ever saw. But I'm curious, what listeners, what uh, what other shows of of the Webber do you like? Are you a fan of the opera kind of gal, or do you like the Evita? Are you Evita. a uh, woman in white, or are you what's the one about the soccer player that never came here? Uh, beautiful game. Yeah. Are good? you a beautiful or, game? Is that right? Beautiful or with this, there's one about a kid's name, Stephen something. I don't remember. Billy Elliot. That's yes. There it is. Thank <laughs> you. Avita, no, Avita's mine. I love Avita. Like nice. Yeah, I think Avita's great. Although not a fan of "Don't Cry for Me," Argentina. Fun fact: When I'm listening to Avita, I'm like, I'm very excited. skip song. I hate to say it, "Don't Cry for Me," Argentina is my skip song on Avita. Wow. I'd rather that. listen to like you know, Perón's latest flame. I mean, they're all so twice one, in a row. They're funky and weird, and I yeah. think they're really, really interesting. On yeah. this night of a thousand stars. <laughs> Apparently Dracula oh was in this production of Avita. Fantastic. All right. Well, my favorite thing this week, I have no great transition other than to say that this is a spectacle musical as well. One of the first spectacle musicals uh, of its generation. Is it Starlight uh, Express? Uh, no, my friend. It is certainly is not. It is from the 1950s. It almost was a big old fat flop. But because they kept working on it and retooling it and kept working on it, and with the help of a little show called Toast of the Town, which later became the Ed Sullivan Show, oh. it played on there. And they 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 re, they because this show was such a spectacle. There was a special item on stage that made this show so special that they they put that on the television show. And you have to remember, in this era, there were only like three or four channels. So if something was on one of these stations, you had millions of people watching it. Um, it was in 1952, written by another unsung hero of musical theater that we forget about all too much. I think I know what this show is, but I could be wrong. I think you're going to be right. Is it Wish You Were Here? It is. Very, very good. Wish You Were Here, which kind of goes along with my theme of the last two years of being obsessed with the Catskills of this era. I just love these stupid Kev stories. Kev loves the Catskills. You know I do. Give me Marvel's Miss Maisel any day of the week, and I love it. Give me season two. Um, it, Wish You Were Here, written by Harold Rome, uh, and the book by Arthur Cobra and J- the great Joshua Logan, who also directed it. Um, it, it took place in the Catskills and at Camp Carefree, <laughs> with a K, Care with a K, uh, and it starred. I mean, come on, we had Jack Cassidy, one of my favorites, and you know, you had a, you had a young Phyllis Newman in there, Larry Blyden, Florence Henderson in her first, uh, you know, sh- uh, role or a little uh, ensemble, featured ensemble. Reed Shelton was in there, uh, Sheila Bond, who sang this great song, "Shopping Around," which I still assign to students to this day. Kind of a vampy song. It's a good song. Uh, it, it really is. Um, and the show was really had trouble at the start. I mean, in the spectacle part of this, friends, is that there was a full-on swimming pool that was used at the end of Act One that was on stage like the whole time. And this pool was there that was full of water, and they would swim in it and dive into it, and it was like a spectacle. They tried to make a spectacle out of every moment they could, whether it be raining on stage or playing basketball at a basketball court on stage, which may not seem like a spectacle in today's audiences, but 1952, this was a really big deal. Oklahoma was only like nine years earlier. So uh, the show was like was in trouble. They brought in Jerome Robbins, 
to come in and, and fix things. He, of course, he was the show doctor of that era, and he restaged some things, added a ballet to the second act, but it was really going on the Toast of the Town uh, TV show that really started the word of mouth, and then it, it really took off from there. But I think one of the other fun facts is that it, because of this, I have a feeling it had to have been because of the swimming pool, but this won a Tony Award for Best Technician. Good old Abe Garnet. <laughs> Rob's laughing. He won for a best technician. And I and I just like to remind listeners that there was a category up until about 1970. Mr. Mr. President was the last year. So it was 1962. It was the last year we had a category for best stage technician, which I think is... Probably, right. you think not, you we don't have one for best music director, but... They had one for best stage. They used to have one for best music creator. But let's see Mary Mitchell Campbell try to <laughs> fill a pool. She wants it, Tony. Yeah. How hot do you want it? <laughs> okay. I'll, good luck, Mary. <laughs> a- Alex Lackamore is going to try to put in a diving board. Good luck. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> have fun with that one. Have fun. Fuck you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> and her uh, name's her name's Antoinette. You asshole. Oh my goodness. So I don't think it'll ever be done today. I think that this is a bygone era, but I think that if you listen to Wish You Were Here, you will enjoy the score. You will have a really great time. You got to love Jack Cassidy and anything he does, but it's, it is in that era of, 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 of a little post-war euphoric uh, musical theater time. And I think this is a great capsule going there. And it, it is, it is dated, but it is a Jolly good score. And I would say, check it out. I can't wait. I've heard it a couple of times, but you're right. The pool. The pool, the pool was the big was the thing. Big I mean, thing. that was that was a big drawing fact, and it ran. I mean, it ran for almost 600 performances. So when you think of shows of the 50s that ran for that long, that we are virtually unknown today, that you know, it's you know, it's worth remembering that this show, this was a hit show. Thanks, Abe. Yeah. What was his name? Abe what? The technician. Abe's- Abe Kernit. K U R N I T. Thanks, Abe. Good old Abe. <laughs> Tony, Tony Award-winning musical. Wish you were here. You can say that, though. Yes, Tony Award-winning musical, Wish You Were Here. That's right. For Abe. Mm-hmm. I wonder what else he did in his life. I hope he liked it like a oh, I'm sure like, he was like the, one of the richest you know, prop oh, guys on uh, Broadway. Absolutely. Well, they all are anyway. I mean, please. Oh, absolutely. They all have like townhouses and when you go to those, When you go to those Broadway theaters, like I remember at, uh, the Walter Kerr, uh, the guys and the ladies downstairs, because they, they live there, right? This is their theater. You're guests in their theater. Uh, their rooms, their offices in the basement <laughs> were like decked out. Leather couches, big old big screen TV. Because if you're doing a show where it's just like Bruce Springsteen singing, how much tech work are you doing? What are you going to do during that show other than watch Bruce Springsteen? But you got to you know, watch the football game. I used to watch football in there. I mean, it was, it was nuts. It was crazy. I wonder crazy. if Abe haunts places. Mm. Like just Abe like goes around and like leans into people's ears and tells them like how to be doing their job. <laughs> That's a shitty prop you got there. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. Never picked up a drill. Ooh, I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Then he flies away. Hope the sandbag doesn't hit you on the way down. (laughs) I'm flying by foy. (laughs) Thank you. That's good. There's a little little Peter Pan there for you, folks. A little Peter Pan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And what is your favorite thing today? Well, my favorite thing is three little things that comprise one big thing. We're going into the world of television. Are you one of your favorite genres? One of my favorite, my favorite genre. Um, okay, so folks... Maybe you remember this, Kev. In the 1980s, there was a television show on called Head of Of the the Class. Class. Mm -hmm. Yes, that starred Howard Hessman, um, fabulous theater actor. Um, Head of the Class was about a high school in New York, and the classroom was gifted students. It was a gifted students class, right? You got to see all their crazy personalities and stuff. Well, I don't know what queen was working on Head of the Class, but I want to meet them because they came up with this idea that every season it would make sense that the high school would do a musical. Bless. And they did three musical episodes over their series. In so, the 1980s, no less. Yep. So, folks, uh, this, this, these are my three favorite things for the week. So, ahead of the class is the big one, but you have to go down. And the three that they did were Little Shop of Horrors, Grease, and hair. I knew you were going to say that. Yep. I was trying to guess in my those, head. Those were the three. And so Little Shop is fun because, first of all, they, it wasn't just like, oh, okay, like you're going to see them like backstage getting ready and like then they go on stage and they cut away. They were doing like full-on scenes and musical numbers on this show. So you actually got to see like a lot of Little Shop of Horrors and a lot of Grease and a lot of hair. Little Shop is pretty cool because Little Shop, the story on Little Shop is there's Arvid, who's like the geek of the class. Mm-hmm. But he, this guy looks like Seymour from Central Casting. <laughs> he doesn't get the role. He's the stage manager because he's a little stage shy. Okay. So the really good looking kid, the yuppie, Alan, he's going to play Seymour. But then he gets laryngitis. Oh. So Arvid has to step in and play him. They do like full on production numbers. They do all of Somewhere That's Green. They do all of Feed Me. They do all of the dentist's number. They do full on numbers. Is it on a stage or a sound stage? I mean, can you tell that it's in a theater or? It's supposed you... to be on the high school auditorium oh my stage. Goodness. So, like, you see, like, a stage yeah. and they have, like, a bad set and they all that. They had to rehearse it and everything, too. Yeah, they had to, like, like, put in full time to put these production numbers together. It is full on, a full on, like, not just like a little thing here right. and a little thing there. They're giving you the whole show. Grease, I'm, not Grease, hair, I'm just going to warn you now, hair is really, really exciting, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> it was a two-parter. Ooh. Because the first part of the episode is Howard Hessman's like, we want to do hair, mm-hmm. and the principal is like, nope. He goes, we can't do hair. He's like, we're going to get in trouble. I'm really nervous. We're going to get in trouble, and we're going to get in trouble. We're going to get in trouble. And at the end of the first part of the episode, it's intermission of hair, and all of a sudden, the doors fly open, and the police are standing there, and they're like, you're all under arrest. And you see the principal, who is this big, large guy, go, ooh, and they go, to to be be continued. continued. Wow. And then you pick up next week, and of course, if you know hair, that's what happens in hair. Right. They have a fake cop come in, 
to end act one to scare the audience and then you realize it's just intermission Um, so anyway you can find clips of these on YouTube but like I said the one thing I really really applaud is they're doing full on numbers and not just one number like three or four different numbers and they're actually I think really well done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so take a look at Head of the Class we're celebrating some some musicals I like it I wonder if there's any shows they could have done that they didn't What's another like typical high school show? Because I was thinking of like the hit shows because this is like mid eighties, would you say? Yeah, 1985, yeah. 86. Because there were there's like nothing on Broadway that was like that big. But I'm thinking like Greece obviously ran for like eight years. Yeah. The long running shows, like I could have seen them doing like Fiddler. You know, that I feel like Fiddler. every high school did Fiddler. I did Fiddler. Fiddler. I mean everyone did Fiddler. I had a friend who did Fiddler at a church in Texas, and they were so concerned. <laughs> That the that uh, that they didn't realize that the Tevi was not Jewish enough. This is a true story. The Tevi was not Jewish enough. Instead of selling milk, no, no, no. This is no, a true story. No, he sold bagels. At least you, I thought you were going to say latkes or something. No, but the, no. They felt that they, oh. they didn't think it was quote unquote Jewish enough. It's a, a church in Texas, and this was like years and years ago. This is like the eighties, um, and they had him sell bagels. He was a bagel salesman. Mm. I don't know if he only sold bagels or mm. the bagels were like in addition to the milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he was selling cream was cheese. Just like a big stick of bagels on them, you know, like on the cart, you know, like he was like a salesman. Like, that you makes know. sense. Yeah, sure. He could, yeah. You know, I don't know where he made them and boiled them, but still, you know, great. Was there cream cheese? I don't know. Was there the a cow mil- there the too? Mil- and they the were milk milking was it? coming yeah. from the cream. Scallion cream yeah. cheese as well, please. Yeah. You know, low fat. Thank you. Yenta. Yenta was in charge mm-hmm. of making the bagels. Probably. Or Golda. Golda, Golda. definitely was. Golda. And the, the girls. I mean, hello. What else are they going to do all day long other than the clean matchmaker? Matchmaker wasn't actually sweeping. They were actually making the bagels during matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Done. Oh, that's you're actually welcome. a great idea because you're at, how much can you clean a house? I mean, when you stay, when you do that like in the scene study class, you're like, Ed, you guys are sweeping. You're sweeping over there. You're mopping that. I mean, really, though the song is a five minute long song I mean and you have to remember all Tevye says in in, If I Were a Rich Man is because I want a big house I want a big house so that means he doesn't have a big house right so what the hell do they need three people to sweep for I don't know this building here is like 12 fucking stories and I see one custodian I know hello what the so either we've got it wrong or Tevye's looking a gift horse in the mouth Tevye's got a mansion he's like I want more I want more I want more Tevye. one large staircase just going up and, and a, one, a separate one a completely other staircase going down the up, like in high school there was the up staircase and down staircase that's what Tevye had in Tevye, his house Tevye you are what Bernie Sanders is talking about <laughs> oh my gosh you are the 1% you are the 1% I like to see Bernie Sanders as Tevye <gasps> oh yes it's <laughs> just crazy what a great idea. You know? Bernie Sanders as Tevya. Right? I would there okay. We go. I would pay to see that. Yeah. I would also probably pay mm. to see like Barack and Michelle in the show, but I don't know which one. Mm. <gasps> you know what we should do? Barack yeah. and Michelle, George and Laura. I love my wife. Ooh. There you go. Done. Right? That put that on Netflix, you guys. Put that on I'm, I'm I know the Obamas are like we're doing we're producing shows. I know. Do a musical. That's right, there you go. Do a musical. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea. Do we have any others? No, nope, I think, think that's it. it. Bill and Hillary and Kiss Me Kate. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> right? Yes. I think that would be great. I would. I'd watch that. I, I would in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I don't know if he can sing, but I don't care. Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Melania, Dirty Round Scoundrels. Oh, I just threw up a little bit. And they could take it could take place at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. 
little product placement form. I will not end the podcast with that <laughs> sentence. I am trying to think outside the box. Not that box, please. Wow. I've, I am trying. Okay. And then maybe like, uh, that's all I got for you. All right. And then me and Fun Home. Oh, you're... Sydney Lucas, look out. Here comes Rob Schneider. I'm going to play all of them. I'm going to play Young Allison, Middle Allison, Old Allison. <laughs> with just like a little different hat for each one. Yeah, because yeah. that's how you know it's a different character. Exactly. They're wearing different or wigs. Hats. I would love to see you in a wig. I would wear, yeah. oh yeah, I would probably need like a... Like a yeah. long-haired one, like mm-hmm. a short one though for like later on. Yeah, you know? so like you watch my development. Exactly. You're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. Paul Huntley, can we get Paul Huntley yep. in here? Thank you. Get me a lace front. Please, a sensible lace front, please. I love a lace front. You do, you? Have you ever worn, worn one? Uh, I actually never have. I've never worn a wig in a show. Oh, because your hair is it's flexible. I got some hair. You could be, you I could have be hair. Period. Yeah, yeah mm. it could be a period hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did any of the guys in Little Night Music wear wigs? I don't think so. No. Angela did, right? Yeah, no, all the women did. All Every women, single woman all did. Women had yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Elaine I had one. I don't think anybody did. For her, for her. Yeah. Oh, Elaine didn't wear a prompter, right? She didn't wear an earpiece. No, 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 no. She she refused to wear the earpiece because Angela did not wear one either. So Elaine was like, "Well, because there's there, Angela was supposed to wear one, but she didn't because she got the lines down." And so and because she, she had for all the previous shows that she had done. So we had the the prompter for those shows as a stage manager, uh, Mary McLeod. And so Mary was hired because she was sort of Angela's prompter for like Deuce, Blythe Spirit, you know. And so. Um, but she didn't need it. But Stritch re- was like, no, no, How no, no they, way. Really stupid question. How do they know when they need the line? Uh, that's the reason why they had Mary was because Mary knew the amount of like sort of like the pregnant pause that Angela would give. And it wasn't like because you, you would think, oh, they're prompted. It's just like a running line in her head the whole time. No, no, not at all. She knows the lines. It's just that one moment where you go up on it just for a split second and she'd give the first word or the first couple words and then you, she would get the rest of the line. Oh, you know, interesting. I think that there was also a prompter used in the more primitive days in the early 80s for that uh, the Legends tour that was isn't it, right with Mary Martin and Carol Channing and Mary Martin yep. had one and they famously would be like what and Carol was like you, you say the line Mary yes. you know like she was she was talking to the prompter because she well, couldn't she, hear it loud enough actors having full on arguments with you guys each other. I'm telling you Gary Beach was on that role uh, on that tour and he would he's like that book the diary of, diary of a mad playwright that James Kirkwood the playwright he who wrote he wrote his chronicling the, the it was a favorite thing our first yes, year yeah, yeah, but yeah. he J- Gary was Gary said I, he's like it, it was worse than what you than what that book chronicles and that book was crazy. I like the Elaine Stritch story she told it at Liberty. She was doing The Women oh. on Broadway, and I can't remember who, who the actress was, but someone couldn't remember her lines. And they didn't have earpieces back then, so the actress was hidden behind the sofa. The prompter was <laughs> hidden behind the sofa, and nobody told the other actors. So Elaine Stritch was like, she goes, I was supposed to say, hi, princess, what's up? And then like go behind the sofa to make a drink, and she was like, Jesus! Holy shit! Yeah. Like, like, there's a woman on the floor. <laughs> And of course, Stritch always she, she would just react to what was ever going on in the world in that moment. <laughs> she was my favorite because when I saw Little Night Music, she got she got into like her first two lines, and then like yelled at the granddaughter, "Don't give it to me." It's, no, it was the prompter off stage left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because I was, was there. He, I was on stage. Yeah. Because Mary was still for the entire run. She would be off stage left to prompt just in case Elaine needed it. But we had all these different ways of giving Elaine her lines, and it was you know she was charming. I loved her. But but there was the little girl would give it to her by the end of the run. Fritz would whisper in her ear. That was particularly genius because he's wheeling her around everywhere. So like you know whispering in her ear is smart. And then the one time that there was a really long pause, you were there, and she said, "Don't give it to yeah, me." I was in there the audience, that night. and it was um 
about as horrifying as you think it would be. It's a funny I, story now, but I was, I was there for Don't Give It To Me. Wanted to hide. Um, oh. And they didn't. They didn't. And she decided to sing Ladies Who Lunch instead. And it was, <laughs> it was a nice moment for everybody. <laughs> Little girl just sat there kind of confused. Oh, and, man. But that, uh, at Liberty, I, I, went, I, I watched it again it's recently. Good. It's stunning. It really, it's the good. storytelling, I mean, you have George C. Wolfe and you've got great people and John Lahr and everything, but Stritch, t- her storytelling, there was nothing like it. And when she looked you in the eyes and was communicating with you, those blue eyes pierced you, there was nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like in the world. The Tova so. Feldsha of her day. <laughs> Broads. The, just the, the, the piercing eyes. All right, oh, so go watch Elaine Stritch at Liberty, watch some Head of the Class, and yes. then dive into the pool for... That's right. Wish you were here. And have a great time in the Catskills this summer. Oh! Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.